special announcement from our friends over at betonline.ag in light of the recent floods in Tahiti. They have pledged to donate $10,000 to the flood relief efforts over there. Further to that, every dollar spent betting on the Surf Ranch event coming up this weekend will go to that flood relief as well. So there's never been a better time to get online and have a punt or proceeds going towards the Tahiti flood relief. Another massive episode coming up today. Firstly, we're gonna break down the Narrabeen event with Jake Patterson. That event was won by Cole Hausman in the men's and Isabella Nichols in the women's. We're gonna go through a couple of our come-ups, a few letdowns and everything else in between. Once we wrap that up, we're gonna move over back into the CT. That's right, the Surf Ranch Pro is coming up this weekend. And to break that one down, I'm gonna welcome back the one and only Michael, the unholy potato, Ciara Mella. Let's get into today's ep. First up, Narrabeen with Jake Patterson. Well, Snake, as the Challenger Series leaves Australia, the Sydney Surf Pro did not disappoint, mate. Another cracker on the east coast of Australia. Holy shit, those guys scored, didn't they? The only thing I'm devoted about is your forecast of these running little laughs. <laughs> it was mostly draining Far out. How, oh, <laughs> mate, I got that one. Couldn't have, couldn't have been more wrong. And I had one bloke on Instagram, uh, I'll withhold his name for um, privacy's sake, but he was hammering me every time someone got an excellent tube. He's tagging me in the Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, here's another one. Here's another one. I was fully getting trolled. It was heavy. Oh, shit. Well, all my predictions were out the window because, you know, I thought it was going to be like air, air wind <laughs> lefts into the, into the wind. Not draining rights. Yeah. And even with like the car park bank, even all the locals were as astounded as us. They're like, you know, you get a photo or a clip out of that in a swell, you know, you don't get 10 hours of two days in a row of competition. No. Like it was, that was just like a godsend. Pretty crazy, huh? And the main left went to, to shit too, huh? Like almost unsurfable. Yeah, it was, it was pretty unsurfable. Mark Lacamere had a few heats where he just paddled out there solo, full just live and die by the sword kind of setup. And it actually worked pretty well for him. He had a couple of really strong heats. Um, but more or less, it was always the right. And, man, saw some amazing, amazing tube riding. Um, it was, um, yeah, fantastic to watch. And particularly from the women. Like so, one of Sophie McCulloch's rides, 943. Sally Fitzgibbon's got a crazy one. And then there was... A lot of closeouts, but there was a couple of couple of young ladies. Francisca Veselko was another one. She's from Portugal. Just you could just tell she's got good tube technique. She didn't make any, but like crazy airdrops coming from behind it, pumping through the barrels. You know, they're only ending up with like a one point five or a two on their score sheet, so it doesn't look super impressive on the results. But you can tell that like a lot of these young women have been have been working on that for sure. And so they should. I mean, that's what you know. They've got to start matching it up with the guys. If it's challenging barreling rights, you know, that's where the tour is going as well. You get what I mean? They they they've got to be charging chokes soon and. And um, all the same, you know, even Portugal, you know. So it's a, it's a tough one. So they need to get out there and, and deliver. And, and some of the girls really, really are. So it's exciting to see. For sure. And it's also, too, it's not just the World Tour anymore. It's the, uh, the Olympics, which is probably, it does, it brings in a lot more variety of people that could actually end up at Chobes. So, you know, the, these other countries that maybe wouldn't have the strongest showing on the CT, but maybe are stronger at, say, the ISA Games, where the, 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 probably the talent pool's not as high, or definitely not as high, um, they're going to have to get, you know, 
get to work as well. So I think it's uh, it's it's a great thing, and it's coming from coming from all angles, and we're starting to see some good good performances there, which is I think you know when they're running these events together, the women are going to end up in in the same conditions as the men more often than not. So it's it's cool to see for sure. We did end up finishing on the left. And uh, in case you've been sleeping under a rock, it was Cole Hausman victorious over Jacob Wilcox. I nearly went back to back, Snako. What do you mean? Jacob was my underdog. Oh, was he? Yeah. And your underdog, Tim Bisso, uh, blew, a, blew a rib out before he even surfed a heat, which is unfortunate there, mate. But uh, an equal 73rd for you at this event. That's not fair. <laughs> and your forecast made me pick Evan as well. Like, I know. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You're heavy. Yeah. I've anyway, fully stitched you. But um, I'm stoked for Jacob. That's sick. He had, had an amazing run, and uh, yeah, you'll be stoked to know that he's on top of the ratings of the Challenger Series ratings. I'll uh, I'll quickly rattle off the top ten now. Jacob Wilcox, Emi Kalani Devolt, Samuel Pupo, Cole Hausman, Jet Schilling, Jackson Baker, Crosby Colapinto, Marco Mignot, Mikey Madonna, Frederico Marais. There's a couple of boys tied for 10th here at the moment. Jadson Andre and Morgan Sibilic follow Freddie there, tied for 10th. Some pretty good names in there. A couple of young young faces who we kind of want to see. Crosby, Jet, Cole. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. I, I, I called it at the start of the year, like whoever wins one of these things is going to qualify. So 10,000 points is a huge, huge hammer to, to have in your little bag of four results. So... Mm. Um, you know, I'd be super surprised if Cole does and um, Sammy, yeah, Sammy and Cole, if they don't make it, it's something's happened bad, you know. And they're both so solid. Like, I, I'd be very surprised if they don't. And you know what, Jacob, you know, this is the best he's ever started the year. He, he even mentioned in one of his interviews, I don't think he made it out of a heat last year in Australia. So he's got his better events to come. The only thing I would say and I don't I don't think it'll be a problem for the event winners. I think I think they'll be fine. But one thing that we had last year across four counting scores was 30,000 points got absorbed by CT surfers. Now that was Callum Robson at the Gold Coast, Gabriel Medina at Sakurama, and John Florence at Haleiwa. So Yeah, okay. Yeah. The totals will be higher this year. Last year, Zeke Lau finished on around 15,000 points in 10th. And I, I think we'll see that number go a fair bit north of that this year. Just with Geordie will do Bolito most likely. I think it's sponsored by O'Neill, so Geordie's probably got an obligation there. The US Open's usually pretty stacked. But with Halle Eva off the, off the cards and, and, and probably a few of the Brazilians doing Sakurama, I just think there'll be a few more points available for a few other surfers this year. So I think that the totals will be higher than last year. It was a best four last year as well, do you know? Yeah, it was best four. Yeah, yeah. It was um it, it was best four across the whole year. So yeah, it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how uh how, how it all how it all boils down. But uh why don't we get into some come up, Snake? Yeah, okay. One for me is Mark Lackamau, like, you know, come out of the you know, he didn't even make the challenges last year and now all of a sudden he's he's uh I would have loved to see him run the quarters um, on that last day, because that would have been right down his wheelhouse, that, those big old lefts, um, big kind of big heavy closeout kind of stuff. He would have been, you know, he didn't really put up much of a fight in that in, that, in his quarterfinal. It was pretty, pretty lacklustre that, you know, I'm glad they, they didn't keep running that last, mm. you know how they called, they called it on yep. and then they called it off. 
But um, yeah, that was um, that was cool to see. And the Frenchies, man, they were doing so well. Like Mark, Marco, and uh, Justin Bacret were just looking. They had the place on a string. Yeah, I mean the beach breaks, I guess, is is uh, is one of those things. A pushy beach break, mind you. Like it's they, those guys would have been feeling right at home. And they had they had Alan, the French coach. Alan was there coaching the boys, so that's pretty sick. I think um, one thing that they just had so dialed, even coming down to the the first finals day, which was supposed to be finals day, that wasn't. We woke up in the morning and it was like moved back over to the main North Narrabeen Peak, but it was still a right. It was the alley right, which was the best, had the best scoring potential on it. And all the Europeans, like, they just deal with that so often that it wasn't even an issue. They, they knew exactly where they were going. They, they'd set up their camp down there, and they were just locked in. There was no... There was a few of the other competitors up in the contest zone, which was a bit more in the middle of the two peaks, still kind of head on a swivel. These guys from that part of the world, they're just so used to changing banks like that. And I think that it really showed this week. A, da- a rip bowl left or right or whatever, those guys live in that in Hossegor. Like, that's what they do all, all through that coast. But in saying that, so do the Brazilians and, and you know, mostly Australians. So, you know. Yeah. I guess, like, when it gets a little bit more punchy, like the bigger guys, like you... Cole looked, like, unbeatable from, from that last day. When he first... His opening ride that morning just went, wow, he's on. Man. When you stand next to him, he is, he's like Geordie Big, but could be stronger. He is massive. Yeah, he's 6'3", isn't he? Yep, he's 6'3". 92 kilos. Yep, he'd, he'd have to be mid-90s. It took like seven crew to chair him up the beach. They had to like ro- rotate <laughs> in and out. <laughs> Did you see how long that? How long they had to get to the podium? Though it was a long beach, long beach with soft sand and a pretty vertical, steep incline there for that last hundred meters getting up the top. It was um, took every bit of uh, energy from that two percent San Clemente crew. They literally had everyone in the team have a turn of carrying him. <laughs> no, I think that um, <clears throat> well deserving though. And like you said, on, on finals day, once they moved over to the left and. He had that heat with Jacko Baker, the semi, to start the day. Just, you know, waves were coming to him. He, he, just, had, he just had the rhythm. He knew exactly what waves he wanted to be on and the, and the type of surfing that he wanted to do. Um, didn't have a heap of falls. Was really solid on his feet. And then in the final, he had the single highest scoring individual wave of the event, the 9-8, and the, sing, uh, the highest combined heat total of the whole contest. Like, that's... That's seriously a, a big accolade at an event like this. That's peaking at the right time, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, if he had peaked anymore, he would have exploded. Yeah, poor old Jacob didn't really get his, his uh, run going in the final at all, but it's still a great result for him and leading the ratings, which is sick for the, the old sand groper. Totally. Yeah. So I'm frothing to see him, see him mix it up with the big boys. He's had, he's had enough goes at, at the CT CT level with uh, Rip Curl being in the Bells a few times and obviously Margaret's he's been in quite a few times so mm. oh, he's, he's due for sure. Ronnie Blakey mentioned on the broadcast I, I think I heard him correctly Jacob's had 13 CT appearances which does sound about right. Yeah because he's been in uh, Portugal before for when Rip Curl search events he's you know remember he beat Kelly and stuff back in the day you know. Yeah. Um yeah, and he's been in Margaret's three or four at least that many times in Bell's three. Yeah, so that doesn't sound surprising at all. So 
he, he knows what it takes. So, and he'll do really well against the big boys. He's, he's got a bit bigger and stronger in the last mm. couple of years, I, I really feel. So, um, you know, bit of weight on this Challengers series. And, and it's such a blessing to see the, the waiting periods. You know, they're waiting for good waves, you know, even though they don't have that many days to, to you know, to play with. But mm. it's, still, it's still there. They're not having to, like, cram which is really refreshing. Yeah, they've just got the ability this year to, I don't know, like you saw that with the finals day and go, you know what, we don't have to finish today. Like we can we can finish it too. Or you saw that with the opening day. We'll just get eight heats out of the way and then call it and come back tomorrow. So it just gives them a bit of freedom to not like with the old style and the old system. It was like sun up till sundown five days in a row, move on to the next one, like just regardless of what the swell is looking like. And this this is a lot more freedom to pick the eyes out of the event, which is, that was going to be one of my come-ups, was, was watching the event staff and the, the contest organisers pull this one together. Um, because there's just so many layers to it behind the scenes. Like, this is the first year it's been at Narrabeen as a Challenger Series event. And it means a lot. Like, they needed to, you know, Sunday crowd run the finals, pump it up. But Mother Nature just didn't want to play ball. And so they had to they had to obviously move it over till the next day, which was absolutely the right call. But still it is yeah. it's not an easy job and I know you've done it a bunch of times and there's just so many more layers to it than just, you know, sending surfers out to surf. There's um, you know, a fair few vested interest and, and the longer you leave these calls, like in the morning there was a few days where it was every half an hour there was a new call and a new head would pop into the scene and, oh, have we thought about this? And all of a sudden it just becomes 10 cooks in the kitchen and it's, um, yeah, not an easy job. No, nah, not at all. I've, I've been there, done that, mate. It's in the CT style and you, it's even worse when you've got dates to play with <laughs> almost because always waiting for something better. Yeah. But if there's good waves, you've got to just run. But anyway. It's uh, it was great, great to see. I mean, the goal, the the first event of the, mm. you know, they had three late days to start with, didn't they, in a row? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really felt like a CT. And that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to mimic it. So it's a, it's it's great. Yeah, definitely. And we saw some CT style performances in this event, no doubt. Uh, and yeah, the, another part of my, you know, come ups and and big, big movers and shakers for the event were definitely, definitely Jacob. And not so much for the fact that he plays second, but he had a couple of heats there where he really has figured out the formula of, you know, surfing with enough risk to get good scores, but essentially just competing well and finishing a few waves. Like he had a couple of seven three threes where he barely got out of first gear, but so many times over his career, he has come off the bottom and instead of just going to 11.30 and getting a couple done, he'll crank it back to 2 a.m. and just completely fuck the whole wave. And he had the heat with Taj Limblad where halfway through that heat, he was back against the wall and they read out the scores. You kind of see him look in going, oh my God, like I'm, I'm coming second. Are you kidding me? And to watch him turn that heat around, that exchange, that heat went back and forth another few times before that heat ended. But it's heats like that, that he just used to flat out lose. And so to see him be able to turn those grindy ones around, and that one actually ended up being one of the highest scoring heats of the event as well. But for the beginning of the heat, he didn't get lost in the battle. He still just stuck to his guns and picked a great wave and executed. And, you know, 
he just looks like he's he's doing it the easy way. Yeah, and and that's from being way more solid now. Even the the body frame that he's got, I think, is like um, mm. you know what I mean. If you're a bigger guy, you can you can think about less turns, bigger maneuvers, and less risk kind of thing. Like Geordie hardly ever gets out of second gear, well used to, mm. um, and gets scores real real easy. And then you know when he when he gets a little bit of pressure put on him, he goes okay, time to step it up a bit, but. You know, I'm sure I, that's what the bigger guys can have the luxury of doing because the smaller guys can't carve like the bigger guys do. do you get what I mean? Like mm. one big hack from those guys make a huge impression on the judges compared to like a little light guy that tries to do the hardest carve they can, but no water comes off yeah. their board or anything. It's the difference between throwing a six three board around and a and a five nine or something. You know, yeah. So it it's their advantage, but from the women's side, mate. The come ups, Erin Aaron Brooks, oh, quarters, bang. How good. She's my little favourite. So gnarly. You forget how young these these youngsters are. Like, it's just crazy how how polished and, and everything she is at such a young age. It's um she's she's gonna be one to watch for like she's fifteen, I think. Is she fifteen? Yep. She's fifteen and she started surfing when she was nine. Wow. I think she might be if she's fifteen, she's only just turned fifteen. I think she might be fourteen turning fifteen and she started surfing when she was nine. Yeah. It's just unbelievable the, the, the speed of development. It's so nuts. And in the same breath there, hard to go past Bella Kenworthy, she got a third. And she's only sixteen. Wow. And uh we've seen her a lot in the stab ladybirds and I'm sure we'll see a lot more of her in the future, like uh, you know, crazy to think how how young these these kids are like man i doubt they've even done more than a handful of pro juniors <laughs> yeah it's pretty gnarly you know and they're they're taking the world by storm and that's the new wave that we want to see you know um you know the commentators were talking up at any air sections you know um aaron was going to be punting kind of thing a little run mm. if there had been left uh wind into the little lefts like she she would have been lethal and and the We've seen the girls get huge scores for landing nice air reverses. So I'm looking forward to watching more of these. Like, wait till Huntington comes around, you know? Mm. One of those girls could easily just wipe the floor with all these girls with just doing a couple of airs, you know? And and really nothing too outside the box because, the you know, the air show on the Women's World Tour at the moment just is not happening. Nah. And I don't think it's through lack of talent. It's just the schedule sort of not allowing for it. We've spoken about it a lot sunset into Bells Beach, maybe you get a chance in Portugal. But on the tour, there's not really the venues there. But on the QE, on the Challenger Series, there definitely is. So, yeah, I agree with you. Definitely looking forward to seeing what, um, you know, these youngsters can bring at some of these more, you know, high-performance beach breaks waves. But, yeah, moving to the top end of town, it was Isabella Nichols getting the jump over Sally Fitzgibbons. Uh, up the ratings, we'll take it from the top. India Robinson out in the lead with a first and a third. That's a crazy strong start. Uh, but for the women's, it's kind of par for the course. That's sort of what you need to want to be able to consider yourself a lock to qualify as thirds or better. Sally has a second and a third. And then down the list, Isabella Nichols, Sawyer Limblad, Alyssa Spencer, and Teresa Bonvalot. Alyssa and Teresa tied again for fifth. It's starting to look like last year all over again. Haunting Teresa already, I reckon. Jesus. Uh, One thing we forgot to mention with the men, which it just reminded me here looking at this, is that uh, Cole, Houshman and Jet Schilling both got into the surf ranch because Seth Moniz is injured. And they also take the top American on the Challenger Series. So the top American on the Challenger Series, uh, I believe, is Cole. And the uh, the next best guy in line is Jet. 
So Jet will take Seth's spot and Cole got a spot for being the highest Americans. And the same thing goes for Alyssa Spencer. She's the highest rated American on the Challenger Series. So she'll get into the surf ranch as well. So that's a pretty nice one uh, Nice one to have up your sleeve, Snake. Do you think that's um, played into Cole's psyche there, running out for that final, knowing that he was uh, in the surf ranch and uh, just could let his hair down? Yeah, uh, Cros- <laughs> Crosby devoed because <laughs> he took, obviously, Crosby's spot because Jet was ahead of Cros going into that final anyway. So, um, But let's go back to the ratings there. Like, How's the bottleneck of the women's tour there? Like, you know, Isabel, you know, Sally, obviously a veteran of... of uh, I don't know, 15, 18 years or whatever she's been on tour for. Like, she's going to walk walk this through, I think. And same with Isabel, too much experience and stuff. So who are going to be the new girls making the tour? I reckon Macy will come back through as well. Sophie McCulloch, you know, she's she's really good. you got Nikki Van Dyke lurking around down there in 11th as well. So um, it's just, it's so hard. Top five is so gnarly for the women. It is so crazy. I, I really like Luana Silver. I think she's super talented and has has the skills in all the waves as well i think she could be one that challenges as well and then you've got the you know Alyssa and Teresa that are tied for fifth like we you know that they are the two surfers that over the last couple of seasons have just been absolutely bashing at the door um i don't mean to be too critical however i don't think anyone's got keepers except for bella kenworthy in seventh who has a third like Say, for instance, you know, Francisca Vaselko or Sophie McCulloch or Nikki Van Dyke, they've all started the year with two ninths. Yeah, ninths aren't going to cut it. Ninths, they're gone. And the worst thing about this is that when they're looking to replace these results as the year comes to an end, they become harder to replace because they're actually quite high-scoring points. But if you look at someone like, you know, Bella Kenworth, she's got a third and a dead last, which is, that's probably... Yeah, obviously the third's better than the ninth, but having a dead last is actually, you'd rather that than a ninth. Yeah, easier to throw away at the end, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, you know, and that's always what happens with the women's and that's what makes it so tight is that they're all sharing so many results. Like, you know, the chances of there being a tie again at the end of this season are large. It's scary, but it's it's going to be exciting. Yeah, super exciting. There's so much talent there, like you said. So going to be interesting to see uh, how, how it all plays out. Enough positivity. Let's get into some letdown. Uh, one for me would have to be, I think, oh, it's it, not so much it, it directed at his performance in general, but I just wanted to see Aitan Osborne surf a few more waves. He had one really, really classic opening heat where he just tried a different bunch of shit, had a couple of club sandwich attempts where he got absolutely destroyed, and then he got pretty tubed in his next heat. And then the swell died off the next day and he was still fired up to surf but just surfed himself kind of out of rhythm and I think that's the that's the trick and something that something like Jacob's really worked on and how that balance of like well if you're going to turn up and do these events you still need to find a way to win those heats and um, so yeah that was a bit of a bummer for me I thought the thought his earlier heats were really good and he, he just sort of fizzled out there in the uh, ninth round oh he rode 12 he rode 12 maybe more waves than 12 waves and mm. didn't get over a two so that's that's taking yourself out of of the of the Connors kind of thing, and um, oh, it's it is disappointing. You got to you got to get yourself in the heat at least get a four or something. So then if you mm. get an eight, you got a chance. But if you don't even get that four base, it's like you, it's 
Totally. Crippling. Uh, another come down for me was my forecasting. Put my hand up there. Take that one on the chin. <laughs> Don't listen to me about a forecast for North Narrabeen. <laughs> I mean, jeez, uh, I was expecting a lot from, like, you know, Clohe and, and like, the old, uh, you know, the old veteran guys that, like, dropped off the tour and, like, Zeke, you know, Zeke was tied up on another crazy heat of being, you know, so got cooked, not cooked, but, you know, from first to third in the last exchange of the, of the, of the heat and, and someone had to do like a miracle air, got a nine point air or whatever um, to beat him. But, you know, I, I expected those guys to step up, like at least one of these, uh, the first two challenges to get big results and, and they didn't. So, you know, now the pressure is really on them. You get what I mean? There's four events to go and they need four results. So it's, yeah. Pretty heavy. No, it is pretty heavy. And that was a heavy afternoon. Those four heats in the afternoon were such a testament to this tour and where it's at with the depth. There was four heats in a row where similar situations happened, where the first to third thing happened like it was just nothing. It was so... There was, it was an absolute bloodbath. The waves weren't super pretty, but there was heaps of opportunity, random peaks everywhere, crew surfing the left, crew surfing the right. And um, as, a, as a spectator, it made for awesome viewing, but there was a lot of heartbreak going down that Arvo. Yeah. Um, it's pretty baffling. The, I don't know how it works, but the seating, I guess, but like some heats just seem to be so stacked. Mm. There was a couple of heats I was just going, how did that work out? Like, yep. You know, they're all pretty hard, but there's a couple that you just go, holy moly. Yeah. Like, this is, that's, like, could be a final, easy. One one thing that can happen, which I noticed on the Gold Coast, where you see, like, three Hawaiians surfing against each other, which just seems unfair that they've come out of their region. But what has happened at a few of these events, and particularly this one because a few people withdrew, is that the alternates, whoever's next on the alternate list, just gets into that spot. It doesn't reseed. Uh, so that yeah, that's... that can happen. Little side story, which had a lot of um, a lot of hype around it for about ten minutes, was Hog nearly got into the con. Oh, and uh, it was kind of heartbreaking in the end. Like he was the third alternate. Xavier Huxtable flew home which I just, that baffles me that you would even leave the event site before all the rounds are done that you could get into. And then Mihimana Bray, who was in, the, he was in the state, but I think he was south of the bridge. I think he was over in Bondi. He got wind that Tim Biso had done his ribs and was making his way through morning traffic to get here. But you have to get your rashy at the five minute mark. And if you don't, it, it goes to whoever's there. Wow. And Hogg was the third reserve. And Hogg's there in his suit, ready to roll like, looking at his watch, looking at his watch, like, oh, man, you got to feel for him, like, especially, you know how bad he wants it. It's a home break, and it's just going, oh, and Mihimana just rolls up in boardies because he doesn't have time to change into his wedding and just grabs his rashy and chucks boardies on and goes out. And you know what? I think a good thing, he made the heat. Like, I think that would have been a hard one for Hog to watch if he just went out there and had a shocker, but he actually went out there and surfed pretty good. So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, wow, it was a bit, bit of... Um, Bit of drama for sure. Yeah, I mean, look at this this heat this heat six of uh, the round of sixty four. It's got Cole, um, Emi, and Ma- Matthias Hurdy and Hiroto. It's like holy moly, that is just that's full of superstars from every part of the part of the world. Yeah, 
so I guess it's just like, you know, Hiroto came from the round before. If he had have got won his heat or second, it would have gone into a different heat, I guess. But pretty crazy. Somehow, some heats get like absolutely, you know, Jake Marshall, Evan, Gosman, Cade Matson, and, and Josh Moniz. Look, that's another crazy heat. I mean, and... And that's just the opening round, you know. So it, you've got to get kind of like a little bit, because if you don't have an, a great heat in the opening round, if you've got a stacked heat like, you know, like they all kind of are, it's pretty gnarly. Mm. Yeah. No, there's literally no literally no room to move. And uh, I think, yeah, that afternoon was crazy. Like even Sammy Poopo was in those heats that I was talking about. He, he lost first heat of the comp. Like, And I guess that probably has to be a letdown too from first into straight into a last place is just not the kind of, you know, feeling that you want. You you, you know, someone like Jacob and Emi and all these guys that had quarters or better results, they could have wrapped it up here. Uh, and I don't think anyone anyone really did. Maybe if Jacob won, he'd be he'd be a bit more looking like he'd locked in, but there's still ten spots up for grabs on the on the men's tour and there's still five up for grabs on the women's tour. Even though India Robinson got a first and a third, it's still probably, you know, Still a long way to go. Yeah. Oh, she's got two results, so that's the main thing. If you go to I mean, and you would think that Jacob Wilcox has got two results, Cole's got one, um, you know, so Sammy's got one. So it's it's just makes the next one more exciting. <laughs> mm, absolutely, it's going to keep it all alive. I reckon we roll over into some blind mice snakes. Right, we just spoke about it before. The heat with Matthias Hurdy. I'm not too sure if you saw it. Uh, Emi Kalani-Devolt versus Matthias Hurdy versus Cole Hauschmund and Hiroto O'Hara. Another, another crazy back-and-forth battle. Um, I didn't mention it last week because I didn't want to uh, blow, the, blow the lid off it too hard, but Matthias actually is dealing with a pretty gnarly foot injury at Snapper. And he limped his way through a couple of heats there, and the plan was just to surf his heats here and then get home to Brazil and rehab it. Didn't hold him back. Launched one of the biggest airs of the comp. However, spent about half an hour in the foam and was awarded a... 7.6. You okay with that snake? Do you see that air? Yeah, I did see that air. And it was... It's so hard to, to go... Yeah, he made it. Um, he did... He, as you said, it took him so long to get out in front of the foam. I don't understand why it's not a nine-point ride because how many surfers can do that air is like... It's got to be rewarded, like yep. not just a 7.6. It's like he made it. He's on his feet. He's right, He's ridden out, you know, and mm. uh, it, they've got to reward it. Otherwise, they're going to stop. They're gonna, he's going yeah. to stop. 7.6, that's two big t- turns on a close on a, on a bigger wave. You want to see guys, you know, push the limits and go for that stuff. So, and, it, and now he lost the heat, you know, by, by nothing, by, you know, yeah, twelve point eight to thirteen point oh six, so by less than less than a point, less than half a point. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to quote him here. But Matthias said to me, "You think if William Cardoso did that air, they would give it a seven point six? And I just had to just laugh. Like the answer would be no. <laughs> it, that, I swear, maybe Atello's been cooked a little bit this year because they're expecting crazy things from me. Does sick airs and stuff like that and they're giving him fours and fives and I'll just go 
oh my God, if I did one of those airs and I didn't get an eight, I'd be fucking <laughs> devoted. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wow. The, the air that he did at Margaret Sotelo on that right, there should have been 10 points, but but they're expecting him to, oh. to do crazy stuff, I guess. But, I mean, mm. I mean, anyone can do two huge big backhand Rios on, on the Margaret's right. Mm. But no, there's probably one yep. Gabby and him that the only two guys that on their backhand could have done that air. <laughs> so uh. there was an air earlier in the heat. Uh, sorry, earlier in the day, I think it was the heat before Miguel Tudela to beat Zeke Lau did a corrupt flip to get an eight six seven. And to me, the degree of difficulty in that air not 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 taking in the, in account the landing. The landing to me is like not as important as the aerial maneuver itself. And I just think like, oh, just because you don't see a lot of something, does it necessarily make it good? <laughs> and I don't necessarily ag- agree that like a corrupt flip like the way that went down should be like a point difference the other way just because Mateus didn't ride out of it as cleanly. It just, he did the hard part well and we're being like super critical on the riding out of, anyone can stand in white water, like that's mellow. It just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's why they get partied, the big bucks, mate. And that's why we're here talking shit. <laughs> Can't go past the Marco Mino barrel in the same round. No, it was the next round. Next day, yeah. Needed a 6-7-1 to go from third to second. Uh, another heat where the surfer in first ended up in third at the end of this one. It was Joel Vaughan because Aitan Osborne dropped an eight. He went from fourth to first. And then with the clock counting down, Marco needed a 6-7-1 to get over Joel. Paddles into what's pretty much a closeout, which most of the rights were. Does pretty well to thread the tube. Comes out the front. Goes to throw the claim up. Halfway through the claim, gets knocked off his board. What do you make of its name? Yeah, I, I had a little look but again before we started this, mate. And it's definitely a make for me. Like, even though the, he got pushed off, but he makes, makes the barrel... But I, I can't see that score in the barrel that he had. It's like that's what mm. – um, if you had to come out clean, there's a possibility. But, like, to bust out of it, you normally get deducted points from that in the start. So it's mm. – yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a big score for what that was. Um, I'm sure you could put it up there on the, on the thing for people to look at. <laughs> and people can make up their own minds and put the score next to it and go question mark and go, you, do, you be the judge because – yeah, I reckon that's uh, mm. yeah, I, I was thinking six max, maybe a six two five, and he got a seven or something like that, didn't he? Six six high six. Yeah, he got a six six seven three, which is a few few judges throwing it up in the high sixes, seven range. And I'm with you. I think he, he makes the wave. There's there's no drama about that. Like I would rather them be less critical of those types of things. Like you said it earlier, like they he's riding out, he's got two feet on his board, yeah. he's in front of the wave. Like I don't want to, I don't want it to turn into the NRL where we go to the video ref every time someone freaking stubs their toe and you are just breaking the down the nitty gritty of just stuff that's not even that important to me like he did the hard part well but I'm with you I still don't think there was that many points in that particular wave and I almost think the theatrics of what happened of him making it or not almost kind of like overpowered the score a little bit it, it definitely to me didn't look like one of the the better barrels of the day which they weren't giving out the scores that easily yeah i mean if you go to that score and then you look at Aton's eight like Aton's is a 10 then <laughs> mm. 
Mm. Yep. So it's yep. one of those ones. But anyway. Yep. They're doing a pretty good I did I think they I think they did a pretty good job overall though. You know, and it was it's tough. Those four man heats into man on man and and with the lefts and the closeouts and like everything has to be analyzed and yep. you know, though we, we just picked out a couple of obvious ones that we that we've seen over the week, but you know, overall I think they got most of it right. I mean it's 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 a tough job, that's for sure. But um it's good to see good mm. surfing was rewarded. Like we saw Cole two turns and got a nine point eight, like probably the two big turn of the event. Like um so I don't know. I was pretty happy for at sure. the end of the day. No, you're you're right. Over five days of surfing we've picked out two waves and they're they're really good fun to talk about because it's just good fodder, and I think that the scoring was amazing in the sense of even guys that were falling on, say, a explosive second turn. If the first turn was big enough, they're still throwing out six fives and six sixes and and six O's for one single turn. Yeah, and that was trumping a lot of small grindy QS style surfing, which I think they're sending a really clear message and they're sticking to it. It was oh, I agree. It was actually. An awesome week, and and one comment that was made was, why are we holding off for this Armageddon swell, and what's it going to look like, and you know we should just be finishing. The, the truth of the matter is, with no Hawaii on the on the schedule anymore, North Narrabeen at six to ten feet, whatever size you want to call it, might be some of the bigger, more powerful waves these men and women surf all year. Definitely, and and um. You know what it reminded me of? Big Sakurama. <laughs> you get what I mean? Like it looked like a yeah. the big rip running out and you sit in that kind of clean water and you wait for a left to run off with it. It doesn't close out. And, um, you know, that's exactly like Sakurama looked when it's that size kind of thing. So um, look out for Cole at Sakurama. <laughs> I know. Yeah, for sure. But no, you're right. And the amount of water like moving around and running out to sea and everything, it was, it was um, yeah, un, unrivaled really. Like... Only by Halley Eva. I just kept looking at it going, it's just like Halley Eva, but it's a left. It's so much water moving out to sea because the river mouth's open at the moment and it's just motoring out. Right, Snake? Well, that was stop number two on the Challenger Series. There are four events to go. And as we mentioned earlier in the series, surfers are counting their best four of six. Firstly, mate, I just wanted to say it's been awesome doing the Aussie League with you on this show. Um, absolutely love picking your brain. Thanks for your honesty, as always. One parting word, mate. I'll give you five guys that you think are going to make it on the men's and three for the women's. Fire away. Uh, all right. My boy, Jacob Wilcox, he's going to be my number one. He's obviously leading. Got two solid results. I'm going to lock him in. Sammy Pupo, he's just going to be too strong all around. He's won uh, Portugal before. Cole Hauschman, I called it already. Anyone that wins one of these things is going to make it. Uh, Crosby, I reckon he's due. Um, Fred Rico, Marais, I reckon he'll put in a huge performance down in uh, Portugal. And he's just pretty solid as well. I think that's my five. That's your five. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm liking the Freddie call. Kale Bell Warren uh, is also backing Freddie in pretty hard as well. And uh, he had good signs here this week. Super clever with how he competed. He didn't really put a foot wrong until he lost, obviously. But, yeah, he's going to be hard to um, get past now that he's got, got a result in the bag. What about the, what about the women's snake, I know? I got in, India Robinson. She's our, 
you know, with the two huge results. Um, and Sally's going to be too strong all, all around. And then I'm going to go Elisa Spencer is going to be coming through, like going to be really solid for the rest of the year as well. US Open, she could even be a winner there. And um, yeah, her backhand's going to be pretty strong for, for Irisira. So that's my three. What about you, Stace? I'll make some notes of that and see how, uh, see how we track. I think we'll probably be pretty similar at the top end of town. I, I, I personally would love to see Jacob get on for good and uh, stay there for 10 years. Then, uh, man, I'm kind of boring here. I'm kind of ratings top three. Jacob, Emi, Sammy Pupo. Then coming from outside that range, I think Jackson Baker is going to be too strong. And we will put Cole Hausman in at fifth. So that'll be that'll be my five. But wow, there's some talent there. I've left some good names off that list. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll hear about it. I know, but there's five more. There's five. Mm. There's five more spots. Yeah, that's right. To get yeah, in, I like mate. this. So si- it's all good. I like this system you've picked that's up. Only five. This leaves us a lot of uh, lot of room. Over <laughs> 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 uh, on the women, um, obviously, just mathematically hard to go past India Robinson. It's an amazing start. Like to have. You know, making heats on this tour is not easy, and she's made a lot of heats to start the year already with a first and a third. So that's going to be a great way for her to kind of keep building on that. And then I think Alyssa Spencer will be too strong, like you said. And then I mentioned it earlier. I think Luana Silva, um, she's got like Macy Callahan power, nice style, really strong left and right. I, I can't see her missing out on the action either. So yeah, India, Alyssa, and Luana Silva. Well, you picked it like a bit of an outsider one there because she's uh, she's a little far away down the ratings at the moment. She's got one okay result, but you know we'll have to wait and see, Stace. I'm looking forward to the next one, and that'll be in Bolito. Yep, it'll be the uh, Challenger Series event there. Beautiful part of the world. We're uh, going to miss not being there, Snake. Absolutely love South Africa. Yeah, me too. It's been good to me. Yeah, <laughs> it has been. <laughs> uh, all right, mate. Awesome. I really appreciate your time and uh, won't be long till we'll be chatting again, I'm sure, mate. All right, mate. Once again, thank you very much, Mr. Jake the Snake Patterson. And without further ado, I will bring in the one, the only, Michael, the unholy potato, Ciramella. Mikey, welcome back. Stace, it's so good to hear your voice. Well, I guess I've been hearing your voice, but I haven't been interacting with your voice in a while. I've been hearing your voice as well, and I find myself talking to you um, kind of like yelling at a TV with sport on it. You, you don't really get a response back. No, but I've heard you in the podcast. I've seen you on a lot of WSL broadcasts. So, um, yeah, I, I've missed you, man. And it's been you've been doing great, by the way. I've really been enjoying all your stuff lately. Oh, thanks, man. It's good fun. It's actually the funnest shit in the world, particularly working with like Ronnie Blakey and, and the rest of the gang. It's, um, it's a very enjoyable time. <laughs> All right. So surf ranch, can you believe it? We're here. We're past the cut. We're straight into event number six and it is, you know, so many people have so many negative things to say about this event, but I will say that one wave pool event on tour is like so I don't know if necessary, but like, it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, right? It's one out of 10 events. Like, I feel like that should be built into professional surfing. They're a part of 
surf, like surf culture at this point. I feel like if you said that when we were kids growing up, that there would be one or only one event on the tour, we probably would have been disappointed by that, I reckon. Because when you're a kid... And when there was like that early tech, the, the Wave House in Japan, and then the one in, um, I think Thailand had one, and then Dubai came out with one that Dion and all that surfed, you're kind of thinking, okay, this is going to be the future. And it is the future, but I think you're right. I think one is like, you know, seems very par for the course. And I even, I'll even go one step further and to say the cut suits the pool perfectly because it goes without saying, the pool's bit of a task to get through with a lot of people surfing in it but with a condensed draw it's going to be epic i reckon yeah i mean well we're going to get straight into the new format i think but basically this year's event it's down to two days and the first day they're going to do like a first round and then they're going to have a night round and then from then on the the last day is just finals day it's quarters to to the winner so yeah it's going to be a really punchy event and i will say they must have spent a lot of time working out this new format I mean, I think it's fucking amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It finally some consequence from the very first lot of waves that get ridden. You know, the old format was pretty much Gabriel and Carissa would find themselves into the quarters, into the final eight, in, and then everyone else, you know, probably Philippe's the only other guarantee, but then everyone else was like, it wasn't really that interesting because it was just a huge pool of surfers all sort of battling it out. And the cream never really rose to the top until what felt like day five, which felt way too long. So this is going to be short and punchy and, and I think pretty enjoyable to watch. All right. So first round, each surfer is going to get two rights and two lefts. They're going to keep their best right and their best left. That's going to be their two wave score for the first round. So the surfer who gets first place out of those two waves is going to go straight to the quarters on day two. Surfers who get second and third are going to go to the night surf off and fourth place goes home. So from there, basically, if you have a shit first round, you are out of the event. You're getting whatever the equivalent of a 33rd is past the, uh, past the cut. You're screwed. Second and third, you have sort of a second chance. First place, you're straight into the quarter. So the night surf is going to be head-to-head -head heats. And assume, presumably, it's going to be based off of either your, uh, your seed going into the event or your heat total in the round one or some mix of those two. I'm not exactly sure at this point. They haven't explained it. But anyway, each surfer in the night surf section is going to get one right and one left. And you'll keep your best single score. So you got two chances. You're going to keep one. And whichever surfer in each head-to-head -head matchup gets the highest score is going to go on to the quarters. Uh, and from there, quarters on, it's pretty straightforward. It's head-to-head -head as well. I think it's going to... They haven't explained this either, but I believe it's also going to be um, one right and one left apiece, and top wave goes on. And eventually, we're going to whittle it down to a winner. So, yeah, like you said, it's pretty clear that the WSL is trying to create stakes, like very clear stakes and a reason for you to watch from the get-go. And I think they've done that with somebody losing early on, people then going on to this pretty exciting night surf thing i would say especially um for people in australia it'll probably be a really good time zone for you and from a theoretical standpoint i think it's going to work like i am way more engaged already in this event than i have been in prior ones so well done to whoever put this all together i think it looks really good yeah i, I think that it's a mix of a few things obviously tweaking the format and and like we've mentioned already just less surfers which that event is so desperately needed and i, I actually think that in the timing too like afternoon sport 
for them to be able to just filter in some highlights into other channels and stuff like that and be able to link up with other networks is going to be so much easier. Um, I just don't think like Chuck and Surfing on the TV at 9am, which is obviously what they want to do. They want to get some big broadcast eyeballs on it. Um, an afternoon piece on the surfing just seems so much more relevant and so much better for Australians. That's awesome. Okay, so obviously the wave hasn't changed. Uh, if you read Kelly Slater's interview with Sam McIntosh on the site last week, you'll know that basically the, the bathymetry is like the main focus for them, um, but it's not something that they can change or plan to change. We'll see what happens with this bigger pool that's going into the Middle East. I've heard a lot of whispers about, you know, obviously they're thinking about running CT events there. I've heard that the wave itself is going to be bigger, more powerful. I don't know how much they're going to change it because they can only do so much with that you know, big train that basically goes across. They can only, you know, make as many, yeah, there's just not much they can do as far as making changes goes, but it'll be interesting to see what comes for that. But for now, we're still in Lemoore, obviously. Uh, I believe they're going to be running, do you know if they're running CT2 or CT3? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, well, actually, it's not that I can't remember. I, I haven't read anywhere which one they'll be doing. From memory, it's CT3. Uh, however, I know they had been tweaking it over the years, so I'll be interested to see what comes up this year. Yeah, so just a reminder for anybody who hasn't been there, like CT2 is the hollower version of the wave that, especially on the right, has more of a proper barrel out the back, and then obviously on the inside section as well. CT3 is a little bit like less hollow, so it basically is forcing the surfers to get out on the face a bit more and surf, as opposed to just squatting in a little waist-high tube. Um, so I don't know. I think both are interesting because yeah, the tube is like kind of novelty, but every once in a while, somebody gets one that's pretty special or they'll do something like, you know, Griffin did in that Instagram video, however many years ago, where he does that crazy finner and like rides backwards pretty much into the barrel. So there's a lot of opportunity out there to draw different lines and differentiate yourself, but definitely takes a lot of courage to say the least, especially with this new format. And that is maybe the one downside to having a format that's so cutthroat is you might get surfers surfing more safely because at the end of the day, if you are making it to the end of a wave and you're getting a six or a seven, that might be good enough to make it through a lot of heat states. What do you think? Yeah, it's good enough to make you through a couple of heats, but it's never going to see you into the quarterfinals. So it's an interesting kind of way about... And I think this is why so many of the surfers, like Gabriel, like Griffin, like Kanoa, they really enjoy the challenge of that. And and, and that the challenge is to safetying a wave. I, I don't think you'll see the best do that. And it, it's it's a real hallmark of how good they are. They can just go straight to their top level so quick. They don't need to warm up at all. So I, I don't think... Look, we will see surfers safety surf waves, but I don't think it'll be the strategy that'll that'll get them very far. Okay, fair enough. All right, so with that, let's get into some of our betonline.ag picks for this event. And I want to make a really important statement up front here, and that is that any proceedings that they get from this event, like say you bet $50 and you lose, any of that money that betonline.ag makes from this event is going to go straight to those affected by the Tahitian floods that we saw happen after that big swell event. Um, I would imagine that this is the doing of Nathan Florence to a certain degree because Nathan Florence is a betonline.ag surfer and he was obviously over there, documented a lot of what was going on 
And yeah, it's just, I mean, for a betting company to do that, like, I don't know how much money goes in and out of betonline.ag for a typical WSL event. I know, I know that a lot of people have signed up with betonline.ag via stab because a lot of times when people do that, I would get like a betting credit kickback and that was happening a lot. So basically, if you lose in this event, don't feel bad. It's going to a really good cause. But also, we want to help you win. So um, Stacy, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to do you this? You can go first, Mikey. Let's get into some favorites. Okay. Favorites. Remember, we have we have music now in sections. Remember that, Mikey. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you did a full like audio revamp while I was out. Well done. Well done. All right. Uh, favorite in the women, I am going Tyler Wright. To me, Tyler has the perfect combination of experience out here and that sort of eye of the tiger mentality. Whereas, you know, there are plenty of other surfers. Oh, and and sort of bi-directionality ability at that wave. Like, you know, you'd rather watch Steph on the right out there, but I don't know if she has it on the left well enough to win the event. Carissa is obviously amazing out there, but also she gets in her head a little bit, I think. Like, she's definitely somebody who can crumble under pressure. Tyler, to me, is the best mix of, like, kind of has it all going on for her. She can go right, she can go left, she surfed the wave a ton, and also she's just, like, when she locks in, she's not going to fall. She's not going to fuck up. So she's my women's favorite. Yeah, I'm going to have to push back on the getting on the left and the right there. I think on the right she's got nine points in it for sure, but I definitely think she's got some points left over. Uh, on the left, no pun intended. Um, and I think you in particular are always quick to say that Carissa melts. Far out, she digs herself out of holes plenty as well. Like, And I think this wave is where you, you can find yourself in like crazy back-against-the-wall situations. And I know she's been steamrolled recently to get a world title taken off her by Steph, but like, there's been so many times where she's just gone for all money. Like the Sakurama final against Joanne DeFay comes to mind and a bunch of others. So I think with that being said, she's, she's, she's my women's pick for sure. Simply because on the left, she's capable of scoring excellently. I think that Steph, Carissa and Tyler have all got nines on the right. And so does Joanne DeFay. But I don't know they all have that on the left. I think Carissa and Joanne are the two standouts there for me. Okay, okay, fair enough. All right, so my favorite for the men, and maybe a little bit biased, but I'm going Felipe Toledo. I just spent a week with him down in Nicaragua, and one of the most startling things for me is how incredible he was on his first wave of every session. Mm. Pretty much landed like a full rotation every single time that he paddled out on his first wave. And he's also, obviously, he's the he's the reigning champ out there. Behind Medina, he's definitely... Well, him and Medina are the only two surfers who you could say are the two best males out there. So I'm going Felipe. I'm going big on Felipe. I put $250 on him to, to win 750 So I'm going all in there. I love it. I love it. I am going to go a little left field um, Whoa. just because it's fun. And I like trying to pick him out of nowhere. I'm going to go Yago Dora for my favorite. I think that he is, it all comes down to the left in the pool. It, that is where that event is won or lost, both for the men and the women. And Yago has the potential to score the highest on the left, in my eyes, out of anyone, even Gabby. I think Yago's aerial maneuvers are far more technical. And if I see one more corrupt at the end of that pool, I'm going to freaking lose my mind. Um, <laughs> I think Yago can beat Gabby on the left enough 
to make a difference on the right. He doesn't need to win the right, but I think he can get enough of a leg up on the left to, to get the win. Oh. Yago's backhand over the last, like since he's been injured and come back, has improved out of sight. And he had about a point and a half to make up there to get to Gabby. Uh, Yago's biggest score on the right in previous years has hovered around a mid-seven. And I really think that if he just adds a point to that and can get himself a high eight, it's fine if Gabby gets a nine because I reckon Yago could get a nine five on the left and that's where it's going to be won. Okay, I like that take. Like, I mean, if you call that one correctly, fucking kudos. That's really well done. Yeah, man, Gabby on the right, as far as a goofy footer goes, he's just so fucking good, man. Like, the way he rides the barrel, especially, he's one of the few people, we were talking about the barrel before, he's one of the few people that I think actually rides the barrel properly out there. So impressive. All right, so... And neither of us and neither of us picked him. The other thing with Gabby, which is just, it's like he, you know, this is just first gear for him. His power in the lip is astonishing. Now, we're not going to have big wins this week. We haven't really gotten into the forecast because we don't need to, but it is an important factor. The wins are going to be light all week, which will help, say, a Yago and a Philippe, some of these lighter frames. But Gabby, when there's that chatter in the lip, particularly on the right... He is just unfazed by it. He is so strong with his board, you know, drifting through turns and carving on the open face. Like, this wave, it, it is only waist to shoulder high at best, depending on who you are. But it has so much power and push back in it. And, and, and Gabriel is just unfazed by it. So, you know, none of us have picked him, but he, he's going to be extremely hard to beat. All right, enough about the favorites. Let's get into some dark horses. All right, all right. First up, women. I've got Caroline Marks. Um, she's one of the few girls who has an air in her arsenal that she can actually unleash on the on the surf ranch. She did it one year. I don't know if they did they give her land for that one that she did, or did she like kind of just not make it quite enough? I don't remember. But she just kind of didn't make it quite enough. But you could see she has it all there, ready to roll. And I think with a few more attempts, you'd have to think um, she could pull it out again for sure. Okay, so she's got that. I've also just got an insider tip from the pool that said that she's surfing amazingly. And she's had a few results this year, but definitely it's, you know, it's not like a couple years ago where Caroline Marks was somebody sort of at the top of our list as somebody who could, you know, win a world title or whatever. Like she's, she's kind of not reached that level quite yet again, but I think this could be a big event for her. So yeah, I'm going on Caroline. Yeah, I like it. And I think that um, this comes into my dark horse pick and actually on both the men and the women, but this little tidbit of information is huge for if you're looking to uh, have a bit of a, a gamble on this event and it's which sponsors have days pre-booked in the pool so that their athletes can, you know, ultimately make the most of their careers. And it goes without saying Red Bull look after their athletes as good as any sponsor ever have in any sport ever. <laughs> and they book specific training days for their own athletes to get ready for this pool. So Caroline and my dark horse, Katie Simmers, have both been taking advantage of that. So those warm-ups are so valuable because you get such a limited number of waves in your individual warm-up sessions courtesy of the WSL. If you've got any other in there to ride waves in that pool and you're getting the chance to do it, it's it's going to help your performance so much. So, yeah, my dark horse, Katie, I think that given the size of her current stature, how she's going to be able to fit into that tube, I think it's going to be, it's just going to fit her down to the ground. 
And uh, obviously, we know how strong she is on the open face. She won the snapper challenger last year. What more accolades do we need to give her? Um, I think that uh, yeah, I think she's going to be a real threat as an underdog. Okay, even though she presumably hasn't had much experience beyond those Red Bull days and whatever the WSL gives her. That it sort of gets to a point where as long as you've had some reps in there, you're going to be okay. It's just coming in cold turkey like a Rio Waida or other surfers over the years. Ricardo Christie had never ridden a wave until his warm-up days. Like There are athletes out there like that. Um, Katie's not one of them, no. Funny you should say that. My male dark horse is none other than Rio Waida. I think that he, well, first of all, he's got no cut stress at this point, right? Like he's just cruising. And the wave's basically snapper. And on top of that, we've seen what he can do at snapper. Like he didn't make it to the final of that event, but he very well should have. And more importantly, he has got an absolutely lethal backhand, small, steep left-handers. That's where he basically won his Challenger Series events, and he's just unbelievable. Like All the edits that came out before he was on tour, it was like a lot of him just doing these backhand hangers at Uluwatu Racetrack. And I think that even though he hasn't surfed it a lot, again, he's, he probably won't win, but I think that he could surprise a lot of people and maybe even surprise himself. It's just going to be about whether he can get over the mental hurdle of like, holy shit, I've never really surfed here before. This is really intense. But I think he can, and I'd love to see him really open up out there. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's, again, the left is where you can really make your mark. It doesn't matter whether you're a natural footer or a goofy footer. That's just where the most points differential are compared to what a good ride and an excellent ride look like. And I definitely think Rio's an amazing pick. To add to um, his his strategy for the week, and it's not so much strategy in the pool, but definite headspace, uh, he's employed micro for the rest of the year. So uh, that is easily one of the most... <laughs> head noisy events you can go to so to have someone there like micro with rio who you know micro's been there a lot he can help him structure the wave together he can help him with you know do i come out swinging or do i just put a wave on the board all those kind of questions that he'd be asking himself micro is obviously going to have plenty of input there so pretty good pretty good timing to have a coach i reckon that the pool you can feel like you're very lost very quickly out there so yeah, good luck to Rio. Uh, my dark horse is Griffin Colapinto. I think that this just plays into everything that he loves to practice, clutching up and putting all his eggs into one basket, which is coming out swinging. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that rolls up. His points that he needs to make up are on the left, um, opposite to my favorite, which is Yago. Yago's got points to make up on the right. Griffin's got points to make up on the left. And uh, I think it'll be a big task. I, I think that he probably has got himself penciled in for a third. I know I think that's probably a minimum for him. But if he goes out of body, he could end up on the podium for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, to me, a really smart pick as well. So, question. What do you think about Jack Robinson? Like, we know, I mean, I don't know if you had heard this, but I heard that he definitely got a surgery and then he's not telling anybody. But he's been obviously recuperating from that knee injury that he suffered at Bells. What do you think about him coming back for this event? It's pretty soon after, you know, an actual surgery. And also, in my mind, not an event that he would necessarily flourish at. I didn't hear or have heard anything about any kind of surgery. But, I mean, Robbo's pretty missed, though, so anything's possible. Uh, but as far as coming back to an event, uh, there couldn't be a worse event to come back at. You know, you get limited opportunity. The wave is incredibly difficult to surf. He didn't get a lot of repetitions out there last year. 
he is new to the Red Bull team, so maybe he got a few extra reps there. The other thing too with the wave, although you're only riding, you know, 45 seconds each way, it's so taxing on your body. You, you have to be up and down and all over it, right? There is no hiding. Um, people think you can hide in the barrel, but you go to hide in the barrel and burn your ankles out because you're crouching so low. It's like a very, very physical way for being only, like I said, shoulder to chest high. So I don't, you know, I hope Jack's 100% and I hope he's not coming back too soon to try and, you know, um, just get some points back on the board because the, the, the wave pool, yeah, it's a physical wave. You get you get pounded out there. <laughs> well, I don't know if you get pounded out there, but yeah, I agree that you, it cooks your legs for sure. That's what um, Felipe was saying is, like, that's a really hard event to come back to if you just had an injury because it's all legs out there. And yeah, with that, um, there's also some really, really good, by the way, if we obviously do our event winner picks, but on betonline.ag, they're also doing heat-by-heat heat picks. So right now, you can go pick heat winners for round one, and there's some really good odds if you kind of know what you're looking for. One of the ones that I really liked was Leo Fioravanti at plus 750. So that means if you bet $1, you'd win 750. I got 50 bucks on Leo in round one. I think that he could easily take that out. Um, a few other good ones. Yago Dora's got some good odds. He's at plus 375. Um, Rio Wide is at plus 900. So if you hit even you know one or two of those, you're making some good money. So uh, yeah, just go and take a look. And remember, all of the all your losings are someone else's gain in Tahiti. So uh, don't be shy. 750. That's Holly Holm v Ronda Rousey. Good. <laughs> yeah. Get around that. <laughs> that's huge. And Leo's good out there too. Yeah, and and Leo's one of those surfers too. Like we spoke about earlier, like what strategy do you go with? Uh, Leo, Leo for sure is going to chuck a couple of scores up. That's what he's amazing at. He he loves that. He, you know, that's how he competes. He he could get his total on the board, and everyone else around him crumbles, and and that's where he gets his you know, gets his progression. Um, so he he's someone who's like rarely makes mistakes. You know, I, I don't see him scoring like excellently on the left, for example. But he could go good enough on the right and back himself up on the left. So one last name that I want to just throw out there and I want to get your thoughts on because I feel like he could be also a bit of a dark horse. What do you think of Connor O'Leary out there? Ooh, I think a lot of his surfing, we've spoken about it at length, you need to be able to get excellent scores left and right. I think that he could definitely do that and he's got the Gabby strength. I guess if Gabby can fit inside that tube, Connor can too, but... I think Connor might have an inch or two height on Gabby. He kind of is a little closer to the Geordie realm, potentially. I'd have to get the get the measurement tape out there, but that's the only thing that concerns me a little bit is that you see you see Geordie kind of struggle to fit some turns in just because of the sheer size of him. And I, I'm wondering if Connor's in that realm as well. But if that's not an issue, um, he he could definitely, definitely cause uh, some some upsets in those earlier rounds for sure. Yeah, I just think that power is like actually something that's at, so overlooked out there, but it's at such a premium. Like you don't think about it until you see it. And then you see someone that's actually driving on that wave, which is hard to do because as Kelly said in that interview with Sam last week, there's not a trough, right? So you're not getting that natural curve that you're used to in the ocean. But if you can generate that power with your legs, it is going to make such a difference on how you're scored. You could do the same looking turns, but somebody's throwing, you know, 50% uh, more water and they're going to get, I think, a point and a half extra on their waves. Yeah, definitely. It's such a unique set of, 
circumstances in which the waves break in that just the dynamics of it it's sucking you back into the tube so getting out on the face is extremely hard to do and that's why simple turns like a carve where the surfer brings their nose back say on the right uh, all the way back towards the tube they score really highly because they're so difficult to do out there it's difficult to get that much room out on the open face but not go so far out that you're just turning on flat water. It's like a very, very specific money point. And I think that, um, you know, Connor has the ability to be able to do that for sure. It's like Gabby. Gabby's turning in the lip all the time, but he's not getting caught. He's pushing through it. And, um, yeah, really, you've, you've, really, um, you've really pricked my attention there with uh, Connor. I might have to get up at midnight and watch some of those waves. All right. Well, actually, unfortunately, I don't know how much of this event I'm going to be able to watch. First and foremost, uh, I'm in a kind of weird time zone for it. I'm in Europe right now, which also means that we're about to kick off Stab Highway Europe presented by Monster Energy. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch much. I'll try to catch as much as I can in between long days and a lot of sleepless nights. But um, yeah, after the event, Stacey, you might have to have somebody else come on here and and chat with you about it because I don't know if I'm going to have that much to say. No, I reckon you'll be sweet. You're going to be up partying to all nights of the hours with all the different crew, and it's just going to be on in the background. It's actually pretty good viewing uh, at a shindig. So, you know, it's kind of like just some background noise you can be checking in. Um, it actually it would be good because it's like you know that every four minutes you got this, like, thing to watch. You know what I mean? And so in between you can just do whatever you want, and then it's like, wait, 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 Gabby's up. And then everybody sits still for 40 seconds, and then it's back on. Yeah, I remember last year there was, I think – a game of football on here in Oz that finished late and then that started into that and it was actually it was actually pretty good viewing. Um because it didn't you didn't need to have the, the volume necessarily on because you could just kind of flick it on when the waves came, you know? So it was uh yeah, pretty enjoyable. I reckon you're gonna find yourself locked into some dive bar somewhere in who knows, San Sebastian and just having a hell time, Mikey. That sounds great. It's also a really fun event to bet between friends because it makes it really simple. You know exactly when the wave is coming and what wave is coming, and you can just do really basic over-under bets. So, you know, Leo's about to take off on his right, and you give the over-under to somebody at six and a half points, and it's their choice. And, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities out there to make this an enjoyable event to watch. Ah, yeah. That is a good idea. That is a really good one. We could do that over some coffees over here in the uh, when the afternoon session's going down. Any time that the event starts, like you know, after midday for us isn't uh, isn't too bad. Um, so I think that you know that evening night section is uh, going to go down a treat. All right, Surf Ranch Pro starting on Saturday in the U.S., wrapping up on Sunday, two day event. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Stacy, anything else? I need I need a sneak peek. Give me one challenge on Stab Highway. Oh, one challenge. Okay. Um, well, one of my favorite challenges, and it's it's so dumb, but I just like I could just imagine if you were a surfer how annoying this would be, and also maybe how just like cringy it would feel. Uh, you're gonna get, I think it's two points or maybe three points if you do a frontside air reverse with a corrupt grab. Like eating a croissant or something? <laughs> like, come on. No. Well, there's there's a lot of croissants going on, but as far as just a sheer surfing one, yeah, you got to do a frontside air reverse with a corrupt grab, which has got to be the most awkward feeling air. Isn't that just a hippie flip? Well, no, because a hippie flip is like you do like lots of rotations and rolls and stuff. This is just a very basic maneuver with a completely overcomplicated grab. <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. I think Joel Vaughn will tick that off pretty easily. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Thanks, Stacey.